Good morning to all, Pranam. Welcome. Pranam to all the devotees online as well. Be soon. So, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you are very audible on Zoom because I was on Zoom and I couldn't hear you. Let's see. Yeah, I'm audible. Yeah, I had it off. I had it off before starting, but now I saw that. So, <clears throat> so welcome back, and we are today continuing with Srimad Bhagavatam, eighth canto, chapter number twenty. Bhaman Dev, Bali Maharaj. Leela, yesterday we were briefly, uh, I briefly summarized, at least for myself, hopefully for you as well, the Leela and, and some of the contents of the of the chapter, hmm, emphasizing how God himself comes to our life in a very unassuming, humble way, as a sweeper, if you will, as a dwarf, <laughs> and therefore due to the humility of, of his approach, we are to correspond Correspondingly, no? I mean, that's why Mahaprabhu is saying Trinada Pisunichi, and it's not that we are asked to do something that God is not doing first. No? So that's always the way we have to conceive our practice. Whatever I invited to give, to do, he's already doing that to begin with. He did the kickstart, mm. another kickstart <laughs> from time without beginning. No? So if I'm praying to Krishna, it's because he made the kickstart for me to be praying to him basically. And I'm trying to give back the embrace, so to say. He already threw his arms to me and I'm chanting, trying to do something about, about it and reciprocate that embrace and so on and so forth. Also, we talked a little bit about Atmani Vedanam yesterday since Bali Maharaj personifies that particular aspect of Bhakti, this novel action Bhakti, Shravan, Kirtan, Vishnashmara, and concluding in Atmani Vedanam is personified by different stalwarts in our tradition, and Bali Maharaj is the Admanivedanam personified. And we mentioned about in connection to Admanivedanam, offering of oneself, how we are the offering. And sometimes we may, may we may offer things to Krishna, hopefully with the with the with the with the result that we will realize I am the offering. I was the, the the ultimate offering. I was the swaha, so to say. I was to enter into the the fire of, of dedication. <clears throat> also, we analyzed the interesting dynamics in which Bali Maharaj has been cursed by his guru, Sukracharya, and how despite being cursed unjustly uh, because of his embrace of truth, basically, uh, Bali Maharaj was determined in remaining truthful and his guru cursed him because of that. So basically that means his guru didn't act as a guru because if a guru cursed the disciple because you are truthful, then we have a problem then <laughs> with the guru in that case. And, and, and as we will see, Bali Maharaj attained the ultimate success. We also go to the, the case of Prishadra sorry, in the Bhagavatam, who also was unjustly cursed, uh, somehow rejected by his guru Vashista, and despite that, he attained the ultimate success. So there is place, the Bhagavatam is given play, reference for, there is place for guru curse, cursing and rejecting the disciple for the wrong reasons and for the disciple to attain success <coughs> if, if being truthful and sincere. <clears throat> what else? We talk well, we also talk about Bali Maharaj's truthfulness and how powerful that was for him 
He said, for me, untruthfulness is the greatest fear. It's worse than death. So I'm willing to embrace the truth no matter what. Even if I'm ready to lose, if I will lose everything, at least I won't lose truthfulness. I won't betray myself. I will be at peace with my pillow at night. My consciousness won't devour me that I betrayed myself. So we recall how one of our four regulative principles is no gambling, no casino. Thank you so much. He just came. We, we organized that choreography. He will pay just in that percent So thank you. <laughs> so eventually, yeah, yesterday we shared, the verse we shared yesterday was verse 21, was about uh, Baum and Deb starting to grow in size to the point that basically everything was inside of him. All universes, sky, either all different types of personalities who who inhabit this multiverse. Everything was in the body of the so-called dwarf, <laughs> who started to undwarf himself and expand and expand and expand to the point that nothing remained outside of him. We gave the similar Lila of Krishna eating dirt. And there's some dirt, but actually he didn't eat dirt because for you to eat something means you have to take something outside of you and put it inside of you. But when Yasoda saw inside Krishna's mouth, he saw everything is inside his mouth. So technically speaking, he didn't eat dirt because (laughs) to eat something, you have to take something from outside and put inside, but everything was inside of him. In one sense, Krishna, technically speaking, didn't lie. (laughs) Although Krishna lies a lot in a more substantial level, he's not lying. So, in connection to this to this manifestation of Krishna showing everything inside of him, Bhamande, we talked about panentheism. Maybe you recall this idea of everything in God and God in everything. Uh, in connection to Achintya Veda Veda as well, and we conclude a few words also, and we will continue today in connection to how this world of matter is to be seen as as sacred, not as profane. It's, God is inhabiting every corner of creation. Every 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 atom is an altar, potentially. <laughs> That's a vision of the highest type of devotee. Mm-hmm. So in connection to what we saw yesterday, today we will continue. Let's see if time allows to conclude the chapter. I don't know. There are a few verses, but all of them in a similar mm-hmm. line. So... So almost every verse from now on till the end of the chapter, almost, uh, will give a more detailed description of of what's going on here with Bam and Deb's expansion, 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 till the point of everything being included within him. And that's what we will call Virad Rupa Darshan. Virad Rupa means universal form uh, in which everything, the whole universe, literally Virad, is included in that particular rupa, in that particular form. So Bali Maharaj is having this darshan. Darshan means to see, or of course to be seen by also. But in this case, it applies to him witnessing the universal form of Bhaman Dev. So let me share a few word, verses from this section, from verse 22 till verse 29, which is basically the description of the Virat Rupa. And then we will elaborate a little bit on that. So verse 22 says like this. Kaye balistasya mahabhibhute 
difference, difference, difference. So we need to integrate the two of them. So that's a chinta case of it. So let me go to the next verse and verses, verse 23. Let's go through the whole description of the Virat Rupa. Verse 23 says, Thereafter, Bali Maharaj, who was occupying the city of Indra, could see the lower planetary systems such as Rasatala on the soles of the feet of the Lord's universal form. He saw on the Lord's feet the surface of the globe, on the surface of his calves, all the mountains, on his knees, knees sorry, the various birds, and on his tikes, the varieties of air. Prabhupada says, the universal situation is described here, herein, in regard to the complete constitution of the Lord's gigantic universal form. The study of this universal form begins from the soul. Soul? Soul, you say? Yeah. Above the souls are the feet, above the feet are the calves. Calves? Yeah. I never heard that word. I thought it was just the son of the cow. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? Two words of the same but are distinct meaning? No. Okay. Synonym is different words with the same. Antonym? No, that's the opposite of something. Above the feet are the calves, above the calves are the knees, above the knees are the thighs. Thus, the parts of the universal body, one after another, are described herein. The knees are the place of birds, and above there are varieties of air. The birds can fly over the mountains, and above the birds are varieties of air. Verse 24. Bali saw beneath the garments of the Lord, who acts wonderfully, the evening twilight. In the Lord's private parts, he saw the Prajapatis, and in the round portion of the waist, he saw himself with his confidential associates. So he saw himself, but still he saw himself. <laughs> in the Lord's navel, he saw the sky. On the Lord's waist, he saw the seven oceans. And on the Lord's bosom, he saw all the clusters of stars. Now comes five verses in one chunk. My dear king, Sukadev talking to Parikshit. On the heart of Lord Murari, he saw religion. On the chest, both pleasing words and truthfulness. In the mind, the moon. On the bosom, the goddess of fortune, with the lotus flower in her hand. On the neck, all the Vedas and all sound vibrations. On the arms, all the demigods, headed by King Indra. In both ears, all the directions. On the head, the upper planetary systems. On the hair, the clouds. In the nostrils, the wind on the eyes the sun, and in the mouth fire. From his words came all the Vedic mantras. On his tongue was the demigod of water, Varunadev. On his eyebrows were the regulative principles, and on his eyelids were day and night. When his eyes, clarification by Prabhupada here, when his eyes were open, it was daytime, and when they were closed, it was night. On his forehead was anger, and on his lips was greed. O king, in his touch were lusty desires, and in his semen were all the waters. On his back was irreligion, and in his wonderful activities or steps was the fire of sacrifice. On his shadow was death, in his smile was the illusory energy, and on the hairs of his body were all the drugs and herbs. In his veins were all the rivers, and on his nails were all the stones. In his intelligence were Lord Brahma, the demigods and the great saintly persons, and throughout his entire body and senses were all living entities, moving and stationary. Stationary. Balimaras does so everything in the gigantic body of the Lord. So 
here we reach till verse 29. We have a few more verses that I hopefully I may read after before we conclude. But a few words in this connection. So this is the Virat Rupa Darshan, description of the form of how everything finds its place, so to say, in this particular form of Bhagavan, form of the Lord. And Virat Rupa Darshan is not only in this section, so that's an interesting thing. It's not only the only part in the Bhagavatam where Virat Rupa is described. In the second canto, fifth chapter, you can also find the Virat Rupa Darshan. In the eighth canto, 20th chapter, you can also have Virat Rupa Darshan. In the 10th canto, chapter 85, you can also find the Virat Rupa Darshan. <laughs> in the Bhagavad Gita, you can find also that. So it's everywhere, basically. <laughs> so there's some purpose to that also. It's because, I mean, if some, as, as in the scriptures is mentioned, you know, if something is repeated throughout a particular text, there's some purpose to that. It's not that the author didn't have what to put there. And let's fill in with copy-paste of what I put a few chapters before. That may sound like redundant. So generally, when something is repeated in one way or another, that's for the sake of emphasis. When you hear also in verses like, I don't know, the author having some problem with repetition or like, how do you say in English when someone stutter? No, 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 that's had nothing to do with that. Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra. There is some emphasis there. Sometimes they call it Stuna Nikanana Nyaya, which means like the the logic of of pounding the post. No? Like if I'm talking about something, I say we have to give ourselves to Krishna. We have to give ourselves to Krishna. We have to give ourselves to that will stay, stay with you. It's like why Maharaj is saying this three times. It has to be sustainable. Like if you want to put a picture on the wall, you won't just hit the the nail, you say? Just once. No? Let's put the picture. <laughs> One, two, three, probably 108. Who knows? No? And then, <laughs> then the picture will be sustainable. So for our Bhakti project to be sustainable, sometimes we need some pounding on the post. And especially this Virat Rupa Darshan, apart from being described in all these different places in the Gita and in the Bhagavad, and interestingly, it's described almost as the very first thing that Sukadev Goswami gives to Parikshit Maharaj as, as his initial reply to Parikshit's initial questions in the second canto, first uh, chapter of the Bhagavad. And you can see verses 26 through 37. You will find this Vishwarup Virat Rupa Darshan, which is not the goal for us, Gaudiya Vaishnavas. I'm not here changing our. Prayogen and say our prayogen is to see the Virat Rupa and that's it. But for some reason, Sukadev Goswami is starting with that reply almost. No? It's, it's described in the scriptures as a sometimes as a yogic meditative tool. Like, okay, you can like so you can gain some conception and start to see how everything is inside of Krishna to look at the world. Uh, perceiving God's presence there and so on and so forth. So it's not the goal for us. The goal is Krishna Prema to serve Shri Radha and Krishna Mahaprabhu Nityanavip in a very personal, unique way. 
very radically personal, as Jay Jagan Prabhu quoted the other day, Ayindra Prabhu, like personal, 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 everything is ultra specified, ultimately. But we have to begin somewhere. No? So sometimes scripture will have this consideration. No? We have to begin somewhere. Krishna will say again, Chaturvida Vajante, you may have, you may be approaching me because you are suffering like hell and you want some relief. Okay, come. That's not our prayogen, stop suffering. As we talked in the, in the seminar, our prayogen is chant Hare Krishna and be unhappy. <laughs> no. Be curiously empathized with Sri Radha's eternal pain. Chant and be unhappy. But Prabhupada knew, I cannot say that from day one. So chant and be happy first. <laughs> we'll figure out the details in time then. We'll add the other two letters in the equation and I will explain you what that means. <laughs> Which is ecstatic. That pain is ecstatic nonetheless. Bhagi Bisya Jalahai Bitari Ananda Mai Krishna Premiradhut Charit says Krishna Kavit Krishna Daskaviraj. Bhagi Bisya Jalahai Bitari. Externally, separation and, 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 and prem. Prem, in particular, seems like poison, Bisya. But internally, Bitari Ananda Mai is full of Ananda. Krishna Premiradhut Charit. These are the astonishing qualities of. Divine law. No. So yeah, watch out for the just getting stuck in the external aspect of that. No? I remember in Argentina when the booty. Yeah. Someone is having the mic on. Yeah, that's off now. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, I remember when the booty was unfortunately stopped being a devotee and he became he. I will tell you what he became, but he told me <laughs> that Maharaj, but how, how our goal of life is to, to be like Mahaprabhu, like crying and crying and hitting the face of the on the wall of the Gambir and rolling on the ground and perspiring blood. No, thank you. No, he became Buddhist. No, he just went to for the yeah. Because he, he, he took like, no, eternal suffering to that degree. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. So, so it's important that we get the proper. So that's, in one sense, our goal, properly understood. But to reach that goal, we have to begin somewhere. So Viradrupa Darshan is a pretty interesting foundation to begin with from where we are in this world. You know? How to relate to where we are, how to see God in the world and the world in God. That's a pretty uh, effective foundation for our bhakti project. It's like when in the Ramananda Sambhat, the conversation between Mahaprabhu and Sri Rai Ramananda, he's asking, Mahaprabhu is asking Sadhya, about Sadhya Sadhana Tattva, which is the truth about the goal of life, Sadhya and Sadhana. So he asked Ramananda, tell me what's the goal of life? And uh, support your statement by quoting Shastra. So what's the very first thing that Ramananda Roy su suggested? Barn Ashram. Barn Ashram. No? So engage properly in Barn Ashram. That's the goal of life. No? So he quoted Vishnu Purana. He gave Brahman. No? So Mahaprabhu, of course, rejected that. But at the same time, there is a purpose why Barn Ashram was put first into the whole picture of parade of opportunities. No? Like in playing Barn Ashram, as we spoke these days, Barn Ashram has to do with being a balanced human being, essentially. 
to be in, in sattva, to be in sattva enough so you can really project to transcendence in, in a realistic way, not in a dysfunctional way, in an evasive way. So sattva has to do, have your material stuff relatively in place, solved, be relatively balanced. So you don't go to bhakti for that balance, so to say, but go for something else, balances. So although it's rejected by Mahaprabhu as the ultimate goal of life, it doesn't mean he's rejecting it in every single sense of the term. No, he's accepting that as foundation, and that's why Ramananda Roy said, first Barnashram, like I'm playing, first have this foundation of uh, balanced humanity, and on that construct your bhakti, that foundation erect your bhakti temple, so to say. So in the same way, Bhidat Rupa is not the ultimate prayogen, but Sukadev Goswami begins almost answering to Pariksit Maharaj with that, like implying, okay, we want Krishna, Braja, Lila, so on and so forth, but first, don't be dysfunctional in this world and try to find God in everything and try to find everything in Him. Try to, at least in theory, know that that's the case. <laughs> Even if you don't have that vision, which probably we don't have since that's the vision of the Uttam Bhagavat, <laughs> at least try to, <clears throat> to, to relate to your immediate environment in terms of sacredness, so this Virat Rupa in the Bhagavatam is described as the, one says the first avatar of Bhagavan, which manifests before any other avatars come here. Because again, first you have to have the stage, <laughs> so then comes the, the characters of the drama. Avatar means descent from up to down, crossing from up to down. So not only Krishna, Ram, so many others are descending from up to down. Mahaprabhu himself, if, if they descend, of course, they have their abode there, which is, for me, it's an important point in the sense that, for example, some people argue that Mahaprabhu doesn't have his own abode eternally. That's a separate chapter that comes to mind now. Some people, especially from one particular party bar, in our Gaudiya Sampradaya, I will say, Mahaprabhu doesn't have, there is not eternal Nityanavadip, so to say. But Mahaprabhu is considered avatar, Gore avatar. So avatar means you are crossing from up to down. So that means you have to be coming from somewhere up. <laughs> that means you have your own place there to manifest here. But before all these avatars descend, they descend here to this planet and somehow the planet with all its ingredients is, is included in this Viradrupa divine descent so this world as we quoted I think yesterday Vedanta Sutra says Lokavatu Lila Kaibalim this material creation Shristi Lila is the outcome of another Lila of the Lila of divine love between Krishna and his devotees and that starts to overflow, overflow, and the sprinkling of that becomes what we call Shristi Lila, which is embedded with, I mean, the, the ultimate purpose of all this Shristi Lila is in, in tied deeply, in intimately tied to, to the divine love between Sri Sirada and Krishna. It's interesting, there is, there is one, I was reading in this connection, and I include that in the last chapter of my book, which is on this topic, there's one 
Greek philosopher called Pseudo Dionysius, and he will say the whole material creation is an uh, erotic outpouring, <laughs> not in the in the ordinary sense. So technically speaking, we agree with that. <laughs> because the ultimate union between Sirshirad and Krishna is the original eros. And that becomes, the, the, the overflow of that appears as the material creation according to Vedanta Sutra. So that's very interesting. So anyhow, the point is that <clears throat> this Virat Rupa is... Let me share what Srila Prabhupada says in one purpose in this connection, Bhagavatam 2.124. He describes as follows. He says, the omnipot, omnipotent Lord has his transcendental eyes, heads, and other bodily parts distributed everywhere. He can see, hear, touch, or manifest himself anywhere and everywhere for his presence everywhere. So this one commentary of Prabhupada in the description of Bidat Rupa. When Sukadev Goswami is sharing this as a reply to Pariksit Maharaj. So, of course, the question is how, how much time per day, at least that I ask it to myself, how much time per day do I spend meditating on this? Okay, Krishna is everywhere. Of course, Krishna is also localized. He has his lila, he's transcendent. But he's also immanent. And both are part of the same, same equation. So it's, it's very, very important. Again, to learn to find God everywhere. This is the meaning of the verses we are studying now. Krishna, everything is in Krishna. Krishna is in everything. Everything is in Krishna. Krishna is in everything. Let me share a few sections. One section from my book where I share another quote from the Bhagavatam, which pound is posed over and over again. Because sometimes if we are not, and that happened to me, I, 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 read, I read the Bhagavatam many times. But when I said, okay, I will write a chapter in my book on panentheism and God present in everything, I, said, I suddenly start to, so many verses from the Bhagavad were coming, like, oh, did I read this? I read this verse so many times, but now it's like, hmm, coming in a particular light. No? So, for example, it says, verses, I mean, this is just one paragraph. I put a few pages of quotes just for the devotees to know. This is not Padmanabhaswami's sutras, new Siddhanta, but this is Bhagavatam. No? So verses 10, 9, 13, 14 of the Bhagavatam also describe the Siddh Absolute as having neither outside nor inside, neither front nor back existing in front of the cosmos as well as behind it, both within and without, and being the very cosmos himself. That's in context with the, the Damodar Lila section, if I'm not mistaken. Likewise, verse 10, 10, 29 presents the Supreme Lord as being everything and this co cosmic manifestation being his form. Similarly, Brahma speaks of unlimited universes come, coming out of the pores of God's body, 10, 14, 11, as nothing existing outside of his belly, 10, 14, 12, and God's body containing and sheltering the universe. In his commentary on Bhagavatam Bhagavat 10, 14, 21, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions, Krishna's unlimited spiritual form is full of all opulences, and though it is not material, it exists everywhere in the material universe. So 
I'll repeat it once, one more, this one. He says, Krishna's unlimited spiritual form is full of all, of all opulences, and though it is not material, it exists everywhere in the material universe. Mm -hmm. So before we continue, try to stop and meditate on that one for a moment. Yeah. Krishna's spiritual form exists everywhere in the material everywhere in the material universe, which is every part of everywhere. <laughs> so again, we kind of don't try to think that much. Well, try to think about that for a moment, but not too much because you know, too much smoke may come and we may <laughs> set Harmony Collective on fire. And that's not the idea. But <clears throat> it's, it's at least just to connect with that fact is astonishing. And Krishna's form is all pervading. It's everywhere. So how do we relate with everything which somehow is... Can, can be a portal to Krishna's unlimited form, so to say, if properly addressed. Let me read the last verses of the chapter and, and share a few words of conclusion. Verses 30 till 34, which are more like conclusion verses, almost Prabhupada is not sharing purpose here. O king, when all the demons, remember, after the description of the Virat Rupa comes this section, when all the demons, the followers of Maharaj Bali, saw the universal form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who held everything within his body, when they saw in the Lord's hand his disc, known as the Sudarshan Chakra, which generates intolerable heat, and when they heard the tumultuous sound of his bow, 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 bow sorry, all of this caused lamentation within their hearts. Then comes verse 31, the Lord's conch shell named Panchayanya, which made sounds like that of a cloud, the very forceful club named Komodaki, the sword named Vidyadhara, with a shield decorated with hundreds of moon-like spots, and also Akshaya Sayaka, the best of quivers, all of these appeared together to offer prayers to the Lord. So now comes all the no, this prayer sec not not prayers, but instead the description of different it is praying to this particular Virat Rupa. Verse 32 and 33. These associates headed by Sunanda and other chief associates and accompanied by all predominating deities of the various planets offered prayers to the Lord, who wore a brilliant helmet, bracelets, and glittering earrings that resembled fish. On the Lord's bosom were the lock of hair called Sribatsa, and the transcendental jewel named Kaustuba. He wore a yellow garment covered by a belt, and he was decorated by a flower garland surrounded by bees. This is a classical depiction of Bhagavan. Manifesting himself in this way, O King, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose activities are wonderful, covered the entire surface of the earth with one footstep, the sky with his body, and all directions with his arms. So here, come, here comes the first of the three steps. And Prabhupada says something here in his purpose. One might argue, since Bali Maharaj promised Bamandev only the land occupied by his steps, why did Lord Bamandev occupy the sky also? In this regard, Srila Jiva Goswami says that the steps include everything downward and upward. When one stands up, he certainly occupies certain parts of the sky and certain portions of the earth below his feet. Thus, there was nothing in common for the Supreme Personality of Godhead 
when he occupied the entire sky with his body. So he was not cheating. There was no cheating. <laughs> we are occupying now some aspect of the sky. And Dev has his own criterion about it. Yeah. So let's go to the last verse, verse 34 of this chapter 20. As the Lord took up his took his second step, he covered the heavenly planets. And not even a spot remained for the third step. For the Lord's foot extended higher and higher beyond Maharlok, Janalok, Tapalok, and even Satyalok. The street prophet referred, he says, when the Lord's first step exceeded the height of all the lokas, including Maharlok, Janalok, Tapalok, and Satyalok, his nails certainly pierced the cover of the universe. The universe is covered by the five elements. As stated in Shastra, these elements are in layers, each time, each ten times thicker than the previous one. Nonetheless, the nails of the Lord pierced through all these layers and made a hole penetrating into the spiritual world. From this hole, the water of the Ganges infiltrated into this material world. And therefore, it is said, he quotes Dasavatar Stotram, Padanaka Nira Janita Jana Pavana, which is the, birth, the corresponding verse to Vamandev. Because the Lord kicked a hole in the cavern of the universe, the water of the Ganges came <laughs> into this material world to deliver all the fallen souls. <laughs> so that's the end of chapter 20. Next chapter will describe what, what to do with the third step, basically. <laughs> so here is the first two. Bishmanachakur comments very interestingly, like. Okay, Bali Maharaj previously said to Bamandev, I will give you whatever you want. We already know that. So the Lord was free to increase his size to obtain what he wanted. And what he wanted actually was Bali Maharaj's heart, so to say, Bali Maharaj's Admani Vedana. He wanted to witness the full surrender of Bali Maharaj, as you will see. Starting from the next chapter. So <clears throat> here it is described in these last verses with the first step, Bam and Dev cover what? Which distance? The lower planets. Sorry? The lower planets. Mm -hmm. With his first step? Yeah. Basically, this whole planet. So it was from here upwards. So first step, this planet. Second step, even up to Brahma Lok. So the idea is, of course, where, where to put the third step. And it, it, and it is interesting, some in between narrations that are mentioned in other Puranas. Again, Bali Maharaj very honestly said, I will give you whatever you want. I will uh, fulfill whatever desires you have as a Brahmin. And Bhaman Dev very simply said, I just want... Uh, three, three steps of land, which is generally what would take for you to sit and have some like minimum. No? One, two, three. Okay, that's enough. And, he's, and as we mentioned, Bali, Bali Maras will say, I, I, uh, sorry. Yeah, Bali Maras will say, I can give you a whole planet, if you will. A whole kingdom, wife, castle, servants, a planet, if it's okay. So you know, that's just three steps. <clears throat> and eventually, when, when now, Bhaman Dev is expanding so much 
there is something mentioned in the Puranas about um, Bali Maharaj's um, daughter. Her name is Ratnamala, just like some between narration. Maybe you heard about that, that she was, when she saw Bhavandev coming as a dwarf, she felt like so charmed and attracted. Oh, this beautiful boy. Uh, I'm so attracted. I would like to embrace him. I would like, like to, how do you say, when you give your breast milk? There's a bird for that? Nurse, no. nurse. Nurse. I would like to nurse him. Uh, and and Dev appeared and, and he saw, okay, she wants that. So I bless you to have that. So she said, hopefully in my next life I can do that. Because in the dynamics of the moment, that was not possible. So she wanted that first. And Bali Maharaj said, uh, sorry, Bamandev said, I give you that internally. So she obtained that her next life nursing him. But then when she saw that Bamandev was expanding <laughs> and cheating her father, Bali Maharaj, she felt like, oh my gosh, I would like to kill this cheater. Uh -huh. no? Oh, wow. no? So, by, and eventually what happened as a result of those two, and Bamandev said, okay. I give you the blessing as well. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next lifetime, Ratnamala was born as Putana, who breastfed Krishna, but wanted to kill Krishna by doing that at the same time, as we know, by putting poison in her breast. <laughs> but of course, at the end of the day, she was completely blessed by, by, by Sri Krishna obtaining uh, what we call Kripa Siddhi. That's what Uddhava glorifies in the Bhagavatam. How, how will I surrender to someone more merciful than Krishna? There's nobody more merciful than Krishna. He gave the position of a mother in Golok to someone who wants to kill him. I mean, that's, that doesn't fit within logic. No, <laughs> I want to kill you and you give me Vatsalya Rasa. That's pretty like unbalanced, so to say. It's not reciprocal, but that's Again, one example of when Krishna wants to be merciful, he can be. So, interestingly, and you will see later, we already mentioned a few words about Bali Maharaj's glories in terms of his truthfulness and his willingness to, to make his vow true. I promise this, I will give that, despite not only he will lose everything, but as, I, as we will see later, as you will see later, he will be tied by the robes of Varuna. He will be humiliated. He will be sent to Sutala Loka. No? So one after another layer of humiliation and chastisement. And in one sense, he was totally, uh, how to say, noble in his words and so on and so forth. But he remained fixing his promise. No? Even when he was tied, humiliated, sent, and he was like, I have to keep my promise. I have to keep my promise. So that's a, a powerful lesson. No? Sometimes we, we keep our promise as long as the circumstances are relatively no, comfortable, so to say. But if you are tired, if someone is sent kicking you out to some other place, it's like, no? I'll kill that guy. I won't, but, <laughs> I won't fulfill my promise to that person. He cheated me. Valimar no? was like, or that guy is Bhagavan here, so that's a different. I'm not promoting be dysfunctional if someone is cheating you, just, just follow Bali Maharaj and be dysfunctional as they're kidnapping your family and burning your house. I'm not saying that, but try to take the essence of that. No? So. <clears throat> and of course, how Bhagavan uh, 
rewarded Balimaras. That's that's completely out of this world because it is mentioned that actually Rupa Goswami says in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Balimaras obtained Kripa Siddhi. No, Kripa Siddhi. Along with, he gives an example of the wives of the Brahmanas, Sukadev Goswami and Balimaras. He said they achieved perfect. Kripa Siddhi means perfection by mercy. Of course, all of us want perfection by mercy, <laughs> but our type of perfection, the, the recommended type of perfection for us to per pursue is sadhana siddhi, which means perfection through sadhana, which entails mercy. But kripa siddhi means there was no sadhana at all. <laughs> there was mercy. <laughs> no? Like completely, completely, yeah. And Putin is another example again. I want to kill you and you give me perfection. Mm -hmm. uh, how many rounds did you chant to Putin? Like minus 108, so to say. Mm -hmm. So, of course, again, this perfection by mercy is, is kind of winning the lottery. You know? It's like just Krishna. Okay. Well, you, you, it's not something that we recommend. Try to obtain Kripa City. Because try to obtain Kripa City will mean stop doing all the sadhana you're doing, basically. <laughs> No. So that's kind of winning the lottery, which probably won't happen. It's like if I say, I can win the lottery, there's a potential for being becoming a millionaire by winning the lottery. So I will stop working and doing all arrangements for an income because I can win the lottery. That's not very cautious, no? very sober. Just go to work. And maybe you win the lottery. I mean, we shouldn't be playing lottery. I'm not, this is not an example applied to go the abashans, but... But you follow my point. I mean, you do your sadhana. If Krishna wants to bestow undiscriminated mercy, that's a separate thing. So, of course, Krishna took away everything from, from Bali Maharaj. <clears throat> and that's why his name is Hari, he who takes away. But also Hari means he who's, who is taken away by his devotees. He whose mind is taken away. So in this verses. Bhaman Devi is described as Hari. So Hari is, again, has this twofold meaning. In this case, he's taking away everything from Bali Maharaj in order to give himself fully because he's been taken away. His own mind, the, own, the, very, the very heart of Bhagavan has been, been taken away with him. So till now, we will, you will continue these days, but till now, Bhaman Dev has become uh, Urukrama. Bhavandev has two other names, mostly, which is Urukrama and Tribikrama. Urukrama means he who gives, who makes very astonishing steps. So we could give him his, that name to him. He who has made two very astonishing steps, Urukrama. But Tribikrama, he will become that from the next chapter, the whole season. Tribikrama means he who makes three astonishing steps. Till now, he made two. So till now, we have taken darshan of Urukram Bhamandev. Next class, we will be having darshan of three Bikramas. We'll, let's see where he will put his first step. So prepare your head just in case. No, you, may be called, you may be called to offer it. No, Bali Maharaj may, may be generous enough to invite you to. Please join me here. And let's receive Bhagavan's lotus feet there as well. So... Some words I don't want to extend myself too much, but I want to conclude this chapter, which is very beautiful. Paman Lila, Bali Maharaj's Ki Jai. Jai. <clears throat>
So I know we have time for any, if there's any some question or something you may like to share. See the Hari Prabhu first, yeah. Thanks, Maharaj. Jai. Uh, Maharaj, I was wondering about the position of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because you, you briefly mentioned that there's some Kaurya Parivars would accept his eternal abode. And uh, I've been recently hearing, uh, I know for some time, that even now the many uh, devotees of Radha and Krishna, they're not Gaudiya Vaishnava, but they're Vaishnava, and who try to approach Krishna through Srimati Radharani or other schools like Kithari Vamsi and other. So we also hear that Krishna said that, you know, that, that although I have done this pastime for the Bhumi, but these pastimes are not accessible, that's why I will come back as to the Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. So one school of understanding which we hear is that, that nobody can make it through Krishna unless they go through him. At the same time, uh, I'm wondering what's the understanding of the other schools, you know, because they seem to be working with, they seem to have very strong sadhana, because I know some devotees, some friends of mine who are at the school, and they they pray very hard also to receive mercy of Shrimati Radharani. And then I'm always wondering, they don't know, they don't know what, much about Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. How is it going to get mercy of Shri Like, how is it possible in Kali Yuga? Is it possible? Not. So, okay, can you share some thoughts on that? Straight to the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say in my personal opinion that yes, there is <clears throat> there is place for other for non-Gaudiya sadhakas to attain to Shirad and Krishna eternity. I personally don't feel like unless you become a Gaudiya Vaishnav, there is no place for you. I mean, let's take just an example, even without touching up on the Sampradaya, as you mentioned, by going to Sampradaya like Balab Sampradaya. I mean, he was <clears throat> he was friends and, and included in the t- in the writings of the Goswamis, for example. Rupa Goswami refers to Mariat, to Pushti Mark in his Vaktira Samrita Sindhu. I mean, he uses the term. I'm not saying he's talking about Balabachar, but he's using the term and he's referring directly to them because he's speaking about Bhadi Bhakti, Raganuga Bhakti. He said some other people call this Mariat and Pushti. I mean, if you will think these guys are completely bogus and they are engaged in some fictitious sadhana that won't take them to the goal, I don't think Rupa Goswami will dare to include <laughs> anything about them <laughs> in his official treatise about bhakti, but he's doing so. <clears throat> and Balabacharya, Balabis are worshipping uh, Radhan Krishna also. So, and, and they are not Gaudias. In fact, they call Balavacharya Mahaprabhu. As well as other, other Sampradas, they will give the name Mahaprabhu to hit Hari bombs and so on and so forth. So, so my, my, my point is just, just to use some basic logic from our own Sampradaya. Okay, members of our own Sampradaya have referred to other Sampradayas which are non Gaudias, showing appreciation, showing. Uh, <clears throat> basically validating their existence, so to say, <laughs> allowing, establishing that their practice, sadhana and sadhya, are uh, real. Of course, with this, I'm not saying that anyone that comes worshiping Radha and Krishna in any form is real, but there's place, your question basically has to do, if we don't go through Mahaprabhu, there is place for entering Braja and so on, yes. 
course, there are different sections <laughs> of Golok, if you will. That's another conversation. And there, in that sense, we may say there are different manifestations and I don't want to complicate things too much for some of you that may be hearing all the things for the first time. But for example, when I sent, said before about Putana being killed by 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 Krishna and being given Vatsalya Bhava, the Acharya has mentioned that Putana went to Golok, but to an it is described like the outer petals of the lotus of, Gol, of Golok, which is called the Bahir Mandal, or the outer, outer, you say, outer circle, instead of the inner circle. So there are different petals, and Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur also will speak about that. And I'm not just limiting it to two sections. Again, it's unlimited. <laughs> so... But but the, some of the outer petals, he, he addresses that, I think, in one purple, also in Raghavar Machandrika, but more in one purple in Bhakura Sambrita Sindhu, that if you worship Radha and Krishna with some admixture of uh, of Bhaiti, and you are eventually not fully embracing Raga Bhakti, you may be worshipping Radha and Krishna in Golok in the outer petals where they execute Sokia Lila there. They don't have Parakia Lila. They have Sokia Lila in Golok. Again, that's not the main prayojan of our sampradaya, but, but that's there. And that's mentioned by, by Gaudiya, by Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Hmm? Or like when you mentioned that uh, the Radha, Radha Bhalabis or followers of Hitler, some of them will be just trying to enter into the, they call the Nitya Bihar and serving one particular, uh, how to say, frame of the Lila, so to say, one particular situation eternally. Now, they won't be talking about Ashtakaliya Lila and doing so many things and other associates, but they will be just serving Radha and Krishna in the Nikunja nonstop 24-7 without other dynamics of Lila's or associates. That's not our goal, but that's their goal, their portal. And <clears throat> I wouldn't be too passionate about trying to say that's not possible, that's not true, that cannot happen, because very subtly we may be projecting limitations into to an unlimited realm. So, so I would say that, of course, for us Gaudias, we want a particular type of approach and entry and connection with Radha and Krishna and Golok. And, and that type of unique particular experience is the one that, that comes from Mahaprabhu. So at the same time, there is a, a uniqueness in, 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 in going to brush through so to say, Gaudiya Sampradayas, there is also a uniqueness in going through breast to other Sampradayas also. So I, I, I'm more of, of that type of idea, not so much like, okay, we are the best and all of others are going, but they will get always in some inferior place, but we will get all to the real one. And we are, I don't like that. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel the need to to establish. I mean, it's, it's the highest thing for us. And that's why we are here, <laughs> of course, <laughs> but not so much trying like to objectively like prove everyone else is inferior to us or stuff like that. I mean, I understand how sometimes the charis may use strong words in that connection, but on a personal level in how I conduct myself in my internal practice and appreciate others' practice, I find also important and healthy to, to appreciate others, other traditions. I mean, I, as I mentioned in my book, in, in the section, and on theological cross-pollination. <laughs> I describe how Srila Jiva Goswami in his Sandarvas, I mean, to establish the Gaudiya Siddhanta, 
and to describe it in detail, he refers to Ramanuja Charja, to Madhva Charja, he refers to Sankaracharya, and not only to refute him. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's another way of saying how Gaudiya Vaishnavas are validating other traditions. In another, not so connected to your question, but in regarding to the spirit of, of appreciation and acknowledgement, other personalities from other sampradayas, even other party bars, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I will I will make that point. There is possibility for that, but at the same time, <clears throat> uh, the way we conceive and approach and relate to Radha Krishna will have its own unique flavor by going through Mahaprabhu. And of course, just in case the clarification that at least for us, Gaudiya Vaishnavs, Mahaprabhu is not just merely a bridge to go to Radha and Krishna, but Mahaprabhu himself is an end unto itself. No, there is a lila as we were, as we were talking nitya navadip so it's not like thank you mahaprabhu for <coughs> helping me to reach golok and i'm like i'm burning the bridge behind me so to say of course also and with this i'm closing some devotees may have extreme affinity to radha and christian bracha and are not entertaining an eternal prospect in nitya navadip there's place for that bhakti notakur mentions that in jaiva dharma as well so as long as you acknowledge that's a possibility, that's there, and you are not offensive toward that prospect. But some may be just, I want Radha Krishna and Braj 108%. So, okay. Again, there, my point is there is place for <laughs> nuance and variety and even difference of opinion. So some thoughts. I hope that helps. Yeah. Something else? Yes. I had one question from earlier on, uh, which is in the Virat Rupa, he says he saw things that are kind of more subtle, like he saw the directions and things like that, mm -hmm. which are not directly seeable with our eyes. So mm -hmm. is that like kind of divine vision where that allows you to see that our regular eyes cannot see? Or what does it mean that he saw the directions? He saw the deities of the directions? or? Or the, 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 how can you see the directions or things like that that are more subtle? <laughs> one question. Yeah. Then the second was like, um, he, his leg covered the whole earth, right? But he was also, his other leg was standing on the earth. I, I guess like he pushed down the earth right? because he was so heavy. So then, as Srila Prabhupada was saying, connection to the second question. You are thinking too much. <laughs> Sometimes we need to receive that. I remember once one devotee was asking Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I've studied the Lila of Krishna on a daily basis and where he goes to one place to, to another. And like it takes, I've measured the distance and the time it takes to get there. And it does make sense that in one whole day he reaches all. I'm probably like, you're thinking too much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay, no problem. At one point, we, we kind of grasped it. But in connection to your question with in regarding to the directions, and there are different things to, to say. But we, okay, he saw the directions. What what are the? How do you see the directions, basically? <laughs> and for us, it's always this idea of you. Ultimately, everything is has its personified uh, version, expression. The directions are. There is a personification of each of the directions. Let me share a few words from Sila Siddharmars that I quote in my book. 
in connection to this. He says, whatever we may experience is conscious, and consciousness always indicates a person. In fact, consciousness and personality are the universal basis of reality. Therefore, the great sages address whatever they find within the environment as if they are all persons. They always take the personal perspective. What we perceive to be dead matter, they perceive to be conscious. With such a vision of reality, they used to address everything within this world as a person. The trees, the mountains, the sun, the moon, the ocean. We can add the directions. Everything has a personal conception. In the background of what we can perceive with our dull senses, everything that is said to be matter, there must be a personal conception. Without the influence of a personal conception, consciousness cannot reach the stage of gross matter. From the personal conception, things evolve to gross consciousness. It is all personal. Everything is conscious first, then there is matter. Everything has its representation in the original, personal, conscious, spiritual reality. Since everything is a unit of consciousness, everything has personal existence. In the background, everything is a person. That's similar to Andres Prabhu's quote of person, 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 person. This is Sirla Siramash's version of it. <laughs> and also we can say with like when Krishna shows Arjuna, the Vishwarup in the Gita 11th chapter, he's telling Arjuna, I will give you corresponding eyes to see this. Hmm? Divine eyes, he says. Of course, it's not that Arjuna didn't have divine eyes already. He had another type of eyes, which in one sense were higher, <laughs> because he was seeing Krishna as his friend, but now he needed a, a devotion, so to say, <laughs> for him to win, because he wanted to see the Vishwaru. He expressed, like, I'm curious about that. No? I have some curiosity. Actually, he was already seeing Krishna as his friend. That's higher, but he was curious to taste, taste a lower taste, so to say. <laughs> so Krishna said, I will give you a set of divine eyes. Divya Chakshu. But in this case, Divya has more to do like the, 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 the eye of a Deva or something like that. Something that you can see subtle things. Mm -hmm. And again, of course, after some time, Arjuna said, give me back my, <laughs> my eyes, please. I want to see you. Okay, four arms, not yet. Two arms. Okay. Oof, I'm so satisfied seeing you. You're Nara Roop. So... so. So yeah, that's another way of, of mentioning that. No? Like to perceive certain issues that are subtle, certain realities, you need a particular set of eyes, which again may not be gross. It's a type of vision. No? So, for example, the devas are said to not have do not have gross bodies. They just have subtle, but subtle bodies. So with subtle bodies, they perceive things that for us are unperceivable, basically. Yeah. Something else, Devamal Prabhu? That seems to be one of the differences in this expression of the Narat Rupa is that everyone can see. Mm -hmm. Whereas I can't think of another example where others are present witnessing Krishna's universal form, but it seems like in this case, everybody present in Bali Maharaj's court is recognizing Vamandev as Narat Rupa. So, mm -hmm. you say something around that? Can you repeat the last part of the question? Because I, I kind of got like lost in one section. Yeah, just wondering. So some cases where the Vira Rupa is shown and not I, everyone. I wasn't, able, I wasn't able to think of another case where the Vira Rupa is actually shown to 
everyone present, like on the Battle of Kurukshetra. Mm -hmm. Only Arjuna was seen mm -hmm. the universal form, whereas in this case, it's everybody. It sounds like it's everybody in Bali's mm. court. Yeah, I'm not so I'm not so sure if everybody's seeing this Viradrupa here mm. now, uh, because of course, Bali Maharaj is witnessing that, and some other entities are offering pranamt with, but all the entities that are generally mentioned offering respects are more like, again, entities with subtle vision, more like devas and like higher planetary systems entities, which may have, so to say, this corresponding eye to perceive the this type of form. So I've not, I do not recall someone turned it. Gitanjali, um, can you turn off the mic, please? <clears throat> So I've gone through the purpose of this section from different uh, charities, but I, I've not heard anyone mentioning, like everyone was actually seeing that there. Mm. So I, I will not go immediately to that, to that conclusion. Yeah. When it said that Ratnamali is seeing that Dhamadev is cheating, mm -hmm. and how she's not witnessing that he's encompassing the universe. He's just, she's just seeing somehow her dad is losing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what's mentioned generally. Yeah, yeah. Or even if she's seeing again, if she, if she will, if you, if you will make like to put the case, okay, she's seeing the whole three brick crumb. That doesn't mean that necessarily everyone else was seeing that. No? Yeah. Yeah, that recalls me when, when Krishna shows the Virat Rupa. Again, it's about whom he chooses them, him, them, whom he chooses to see the form. Like when Krishna is showing the Virat to the in the assembly of the Kurus, maybe you recall that. That's another case. No? No? When when Duryodhana wants to order Thai Krishna, and Krishna say, "You won't be able to perform Damodar Lila <laughs> with me here. I'm not in Braj. <laughs> so the soda can tie me, but you cannot. <laughs> so, okay, tie me." And he starts like, a "So it's like okay." What, so where to begin the tying exercise? And, and, and at that point, Dhritarashtra is there and he hears that Krishna is showing that. Mm -hmm. And they, they can see that. Again, Duryodhana can see it and almost everyone else can see it except for Dhritarashtra. So, so my point here is like everyone is seeing the form there except for Dhritarashtra. So you can say, oh, Dhritarashtra was not able to see it because he was blind. Of course, that's not the point, but the case, but the point the point wants to, to be made in this connection is that, that Vritrasa is blind. He's the only one not seeing it at that moment. And he asked Krishna, please give me eyes. Mm -hmm. So I, give me back for a minute my physical uh, vision. And Krishna said, I don't need you to give you back my your physical vision. I, if I say see, you see, mm -hmm. Krishna said. It's not about like physical eye, but if I order you can see you can see also so that's another point in that connection like everyone was seeing it except for one person to make the point that if krishna wants no whomever he wants will see whomever he wants will not be able to see what for whatever purpose so we could say that probably bali Maharaj was seeing ratnamal was seeing with the purpose of making the i mean he needed a putana eventually <laughs> <laughs> So we can say Bam and Defan, okay, here's here's the, the way of getting my put tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need someone to be willing now to 
to kill me as well. Some thoughts about it. <laughs> okay, something else before concluding? I think we are almost in time. One more, Janita. I just just it just occurred to me that does does killing Krishna or being his mother have the same because Putin had a particular covering, like she clearly, what was the name of the devotee or non-devotee or person who wanted to kill Krishna and also be his mother? Ratnamala. Ratnamala. It's interesting because yeah. she wasn't simultaneously holding those desires. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it's just hard to see how it was like a it was a circumstance in which she was feeling that it wasn't like a that's why i guess why it's kripa because she wasn't holding on to that particular she like circumstantially had that desire and then putna <clears throat> it seems circumstantially had those desires so it's hard to see how really those desires were being filled because i don't see putna as seeing herself as this other time and place person Oh, these desires are being fulfilled now. Because mm -hmm. even it's kind of circumstantial that, like, she wants to call Krishna, and then in the experience of that, now she's feeling like, oh, I have this motherly affection. Mm -hmm. So it, the it seems that the soul didn't feel that connection between having that desire and that desire being reciprocated. Mm -hmm. So is it like feels like a loss? That's just a reflection I had. Like, as a soul, I may have. Like my psychophysical makeup may not be experiencing what's happening on the level of the soul. So does it like, it almost like doesn't count or something like it's like unfair. Like Krishna gets the whole picture, mm -hmm. but we don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's a good. That's a good good note to conclude in Krishna. It's unfair because mercy is unfair. Just in case, no? we don't deserve it, so it's unfair. It's not fair. It's not. So it's unfair. Divine injustice. No? And Krishna sees the whole picture, and we don't. Srimad Bhavatan ki, Chila Prabhupad ki, Shri Shri Gaur Nityananda ki, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki, Gaur Primananda Haribol, Vancha Kalpatarubya Shagrapasandadevata, Patitanam Pavanebhya Vaishnavibhya Namo, Anantakoti Vaishnavrinda ki, Gaur Haribol.